Okay, so we are reading Exodus 15, 22 to 27. Then Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea, and they moved out into the shore desert. They traveled in this desert for three days without water. When they came to Marah, they finally found water. But the people couldn't drink it because it was bitter. That is why the place was called Marah, which means bitter. Then the people turned against Moses. What are we going to drink? They demanded. So Moses cried out to the Lord for help, and the Lord showed him a tree. Moses took the tree and threw it into the water. This made the water good to drink. It was there at Marah that the Lord laid before them the following conditions to test their faithfulness to him. If you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands and laws, then I will not make you suffer the diseases I send on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. After leaving Marah, they came to Elim, where there were twelve springs and seventy palm trees. They camped there beside the springs. So, I'm sure each one of you know the journey of Israel. When we read the chapters before this, you see that the people of Israel are coming through the Red Sea. And after that big deliverance, you see the next chapter talks about the song of deliverance, where the people of Israel are singing the song of joy towards God. They're praising God for the deliverance that they had just received. And just after the song, that is where our verse starts. So that is where we're going to think today. As when Subin told me to share from the word, this was one thought the Lord was talking to me, and I believe the Lord will speak to you. See, when we read the journey of Israel, we understand from the word of God, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, that the journey of Israel is written for us as an example. They have been written so that it warns us in our journey. So in other words, there are things for us to learn as we walk in the way of life. Even at our journey of the way of life, we have seen the hand of God in many ways. See, today when we sit here, we worship God. We worship for this reason because he has been good to us. There were times when we were in pit. There were times where there was full of darkness. We didn't know what would we would do. But even in the midst of it, God made a way. And we have worshipped God. And as we take this time, we are also taking time to tell the Lord, Lord, thank you for delivering us. And one of the greatest deliverances that he has taken us or moved us from the kingdom of Satan to the kingdom of his dear son. That is the greatest thing that has happened in our life. See, when we talk about the testimonies that God has done in our life, we talk about how God has done things for us. But let me remind you even at this beginning that one of the greatest things that God has done for us is that we have become the member of his family. And not only that, today we can look to the Lord and say, Father, listen to our prayers. Lord, look to my life. This is one of the greatest things of our life. See, when we look at our life, when we compare our life with the people of the world, there are things that we would say, you know, that maybe that we are not better, we are not rich, goes on. But let me tell you one thing. Whatever conditions our life is, 
the one thing that we can praise god is for this one thing that you and i can call god abba father that is the greatest privilege that we have in this journey of life now when you look at the people of israel see it is easy for us to look at the people of israel and look at what they did and tell that oh maybe they were not faithful but it is always good to compare our life with their life see we have seen the hand of god many a times right we have seen how good god was with us in the past but yet again when we go through trials in our life how many times have we murmured how many times have we complained towards god lord why am i going through this why is my life in all of this trouble and this is the same thing that you see with the people of israel now you see like this in verse 22 the word of god says moses let the people of israel away from the red sea into the shur desert now they were traveling in the desert for 3 days without water now it is easy for us to say hey why did they murmur but let us just think for a moment can we sit without water for one day and now they're journeying through desert it which means the conditions are so bad now the best part of that verse is it was god who was leading them through that desert see many a times when we go through trials we ask god this question lord am i really led by you are you leading me through the desert see because it is so hard for us to comprehend that god would lead us through desert or through trials but yet the word of god says that it was god who led them through the desert and they were walking through the desert for 3 days and they were so thirsty and that is when they came to mara and when they came to mara they found water i wouldn't complain that they complained because they were so thirsty they reached mara and they looked at the water and they were so happy they they would have sang praises to god saying lord thank you and when they tasted it it was so bitter so many times in our life too see we believe in god we have faith we we do confession and everything and we say lord i know i'm going to come out of it and yet after all the confession when we think we have just reached it we see the door is closed we start murmuring like anything i'm just reminded of an example now just imagine if you don't have a job you've been crying out to god and suddenly you heard a word that you're going to get a job this month and then you've been praying you've been crying out to god lord i know the one who has promised will do it i know it for sure one week has passed nothing has happened and second week suddenly you got an interview call and you're like man i know this is god and he's going to make it he's going to do it you went through all the four rounds and there is only one round left so now you're already you told the church start praying i know god is going to make it because you 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 heard the voice that god is going to do it and suddenly that last week on saturday the church gives you a call and says unfortunately we can't take you try somewhere else man very disappointing we become so bitter we become so so bitter we look to god and we are like lord what are you doing with my life you just promised me that this month you're going to open a door we become so bitter and i believe the people of israel were so bitter 
And that is when Moses says, he looked unto God and God showed him a tree. And the Lord said, put it on the water and it will become seed. One of the thoughts that the Lord spoke to me was this. There were two thoughts that the Lord was speaking to me. When I was sitting in the presence of God, looking about my life, I was telling the Lord, Lord, the journey with you is sometimes so tough. What is a way to make it more easier? Why do we have to go through tough times every time? And that is when the Lord was speaking to me from this verse. He was telling me, Jesslyn, if you want to know me, you have to walk in my way. That is why Sam says, if you need to know God, you need to walk in his ways. And his ways will not be so easy. Because Jesus himself said that we go through a narrow path. And that is why we always have difficulties in our journey. Now, when I was meditating on this portion, the word of God says that the Lord told him to put the tree in the bitter water. When you look through the word of God, you see tree is connected with man. Blessed is a man who walked not in the counsel of the ungodly. You see Psalms 1 verses 1 and 2. You see that man is connected with tree. Again, when you look at Nebuchadnezzar, you see trees connected to Nebuchadnezzar. So tree is always connected to man. In other words, one of the words the Lord spoke to me was, see, when we go through a bitter time, instead of looking to the Lord through our eyes, crucify our flesh. The word of God says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In other words, it is not I who is living. It is God living in me. In other words, when, the, when I go through difficult times, don't look at what is happening with Jesslyn. Instead, crucify the Jesslyn and tell the Lord, Lord, I want to walk the way you will walk. Today, if when you hear this word of God, if you are going through a bitter time, let me tell you this word, crucify your flesh. When you crucify your flesh, you will see what God sees. See, if you don't crucify the flesh, we will see the way we want to see. But many a times, what God expects us from us is that we see the things that he sees. But today, if you are going through a bitter experience, the only place that you will see sickness is when you see what God is doing through your life. And this is not something that we can just pray and stop. This is something that we need to ask God to do in our life. I want you to go to Galatians 5.25. Galatians 5.25. 24. I'll read it. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with affection and lust. This is the King James Version. I'll also read the NLT Version. Those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have nailed their passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Now, if you look at that word, the word says, if you and I are the ones who belong to Jesus Christ, there is something that we do. 
we nail our passions and desires of the sinful nature to the cross. Today, as you hear the word of God, I strongly believe that God is speaking to us that we would crucify our passions, our affections, our lust in his cross. Nail it there. Nail it on the cross. It is true that Jesus has done everything. And that is the reason that we belong in Jesus. But that alone is not enough. That alone is not enough. If we need to live a holy life, we need to come to that experiential life just like Paul. We need to say, it is no more I who lives. It is Jesus who lives in me. If that has to come, see, it is easy for us to learn verses and speak it out. But to have that experience is another thing. Today, I pray that you would cry out to God. You would look out to God to tell the Lord, Lord, let Galatians 2.20 be my experience. That I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the Son of God. I believe if you and I will crucify our flesh, whatever bitter things that we are passing through today, it will change to sweetness. It will change to sweetness. I also want you to read 2 Timothy 2.22. Timothy 2.22. <clears throat> Now, why is it important for us to crucify the flesh? Look at what Paul says. Flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. See, the word of God says, in one portion we sow, we need to crucify our passions, our lust. So that is one word. But that does not begin immediately. The first thing that happens in our life is we start fleeing. That's why the word of God says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So if you have to see crucifixion happening in your life, you need to learn to resist the devil. You need to learn to say no. You need to learn to run away from things that can put you to sinful nature. Today, those who are hearing me, let me ask you this question. Are you standing in some compromise situation? Today, if you are in such a situation, the word for you is run, run, don't stay there. One of the greatest deception, one of the greatest deception that Satan can tell you is, hey, you belong to Christ. There is no way you can fall. You're strong in Christ. Stay there. You can do it. But let me tell you, that is the first way to fall. The moment you believe that, you're going to fall. Because none of us, however holy we live our life, however experiences that we have from Jesus, none of us can stand in front of sin. Why? Because we have a sinful nature. So your experience or what you heard from God just a second does not matter. The ones who walk with God knows well that we all stand because of his grace. So when you hear God says run, it means run. Just run. 
And not only that, look at the next word it says. You need to pursue righteousness. You need to pursue faith, peace, charity. So now when you run away from some things, you need to also pursue some things that will help you. You just cannot run away from certain things and stay there. See, it is just like a habit. If you have a bad habit, you need to replace that bad habit with a good habit. Same way. See, if you're going to run away from certain sinful things, you need to pursue righteousness, peace and charity. And when you do that, look at that word. It says, you need to have companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. I do not know when I was meditating this word, this word came into my spirit. And I, I believe this word is for somebody. If someone of you are going through some problem, if there is sin in your life, the first word is run. The second word is pursue righteousness. Number three, have companionship with people who call on the Lord with pure heart. Not just any people. Why does the word say specifically pure heart? Because it is in this people that you will see what you need to pursue. See, Paul says, follow me as I follow Jesus. See, today many of them are so scared to say, hey, follow me. Hey, I'm not perfect. Look to Jesus. He's perfect. People of God. If we are real disciples of Christ, if you and I are real disciples of Christ, we need to look at in, unto others' eyes and say, follow me, follow me. See, that's not because you're perfect. It's because you follow a perfect God. See, it is easy for us to say, who can say that nobody is a sinner? See, the word of God says, if you're born of God, you cannot sin. You cannot continue in sin. See, you can fall in sin. There are, there are times that you fall because you're learning to walk. Please don't misunderstand with what I'm trying to tell you. See, there are times when we start walking. See, when we look at our children, when they start walking, there are times they fall. But never, ever do we tell our children, hey, what is happening? Why did you fall? No, we're not going to say that. Neither does God say that. That is why the word of God says the righteous will fall seven times, but the wicked will fall only once. So in other words, the Lord is telling us, Jesslyn, if you're going to walk with me, there are times you will fall. But that is part of your walk. But the word today for some of you is not because you're walking. It's because you're continuing in sin. You know that you are doing sin. You know well, you're well aware that you're sinning. And the word is for you. Please find a companionship. Somebody who has a pure heart. Now I'm sure there will be a question. Where do I find such one? If the word of God has come through, the Lord has prepared somebody for you. The Lord never speaks anything unless he has not prepared. But the reason why you cannot find that companionship is because you are being a hypocrite. 
you are not opening your life to tell them that I have sinned. Please forgive me for the words that come to me. I'm, I'm really sorry. This is not what I meant to say, but I, I sense in my spirit that God wants me to speak this. And that's why I speak today. I'm reminded of a time in my life when I was going through the path where God did not want me to. I had a very close friend. I had a very close friend. I never shared with him what I was going through. And I remember the Lord showing me a dream. And I asked the Lord, Lord, what is the meaning of this dream? And he never spoke to me. And that day I was meeting my friend and I was talking with him. And suddenly the Lord told me, Jesslyn, tell him your life. See, because I knew God was telling me, Jesslyn, don't do it. Don't do it. This is sin. Don't do it. So he, the Lord told me, tell your friend that this is what you're doing. That was very hard. I was like, Lord, how am I going to tell him? He's not going to believe me. The Lord said, you have to do it. Thank God he gave me the grace. I told him the moment I spoke about my life, suddenly as an open vision, God started interpreting the dream. And that was my breakthrough. I just came out of my, the, the way that would have taken me in a different path. So today, the three things that you need to follow. See, before you would crucify your flesh, the first thing should happen is to run away from where you're standing. Number two, pursue, pursue righteousness. Number three, find a companion. Find somebody who can stand with you. Somebody with a pure heart. Somebody who's following God with a pure heart. See, the best example for us to learn a godly man is Joseph. See, when Joseph was in a compromised situation, the one thing that I like about Joseph is this one word. He said, I cannot sin. I cannot sin against God. That's the word he said. That, that has always been in my spirit. That, that is a word that always keeps me. Because... When Potiphar's wives calls him, see, she calls him in a place where nobody will see. See, we do sin because we stay in sin. We continue in sin because we think nobody is watching me. But don't forget, there is a consuming fire eyes looking at you and me. Even before we will sin to anyone else, we sin to God. And the best example is Joseph. Joseph said, how can I sin against God? How can I sin against God? My prayer today is that you would take this word into your spirit. It doesn't matter what people would think about you. See, when Joseph took that decision, when Joseph took that decision, was he rewarded? No, he was not rewarded. He was misunderstood. You see that? See, when we take certain positions for God, surely there will be times that we would be misunderstood. That are the bitter times. But let me tell you, that is where God will allow you to crucify your flesh. That is where you will die. That is where crucifixion will be an experience in your life. What do people think about me? It doesn't matter. See, just imagine 
when we go to a funeral, there is a person in the coffin. Whatever you talk about that person, it doesn't matter because he's gone. He's not hearing it. That's it. See, that's the same way. See, when you and I are crucified, whatever people talk about you and me doesn't matter. But all that matters is that you and I would be approved of God. Approved of God. If you and I are real disciples of Christ, that is all that we desire. That is all that we desire. Let us read one more verse. I want you to go to 1 John 2.16. 1 John 2.16. Okay, we'll read 15 and 16. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. See, this word is so important. Love not the world, nor the things of the world. You can't love the world, nor can you love anything that is in the world. And if you do, you do not have the love of the Father. See, you don't have to study Greek and Hebrew to understand that verse. It's very simple. You love the world, you don't have the love of the Father. That's very simple. Today, let's keep that word in our spirit. See, I'm sure some of you would ask this question. See, we live in the world. Then how do you keep away from loving the world? I like what Sadhu Sundar Singh says when he asked Jesus, when he had an open vision with Jesus. There's a book where Sadhu Sundar Singh had an open vision with Jesus and he talks with Jesus and he asked this question. Do you know what Jesus answered? He said, look at the fish in the sea. In the sea, the fish, it's in the salty water. But when you take the fish outside, it does not have salt. Same way. You and I are in the world, but the world should not get inside us. Hallelujah. I believe you understand that word. See, that's what God is, expects us to do. See, again, you have another question. See, hey, don't I need the things of the world? Do I not have to go through things with the world? Because I live in the world. Now, sometimes I might get in love with the world. How do I avoid it? Very simple. Just imagine you're working in a company. The company gives you a laptop. It give, they give you a car, a laptop and everything. So now you have a car, you have a laptop, you have a mobile phone, you have an iPhone with you. So is it yours? Yes, it's yours. Can you use it? Yes, you can use it. But what do you use it for? You use it for what they have selected you for. You see that? See, you and I, we live in the world. Why? To do the will of God, not to do our will. To do the will of God. And when we do the will of God, God will bless us. God will give us what we need. But we need to be too careful. We need to be too careful that we return back all these things. This, was, this came very strongly in my life when, when I was working in my last company, when I was working there, they gave me an iPhone. 
So that was the company phone. So when I resigned from there, I had a box. They gave me, it was a brand new phone. So when they told me when I was resigning, I had to return back everything, my laptop, my phone, everything. I was returning it back. So when I was returning it back, my iPhone was just like brand new. The headphones and the box and everything was still there. I was like, wow, that's amazing. So I off the phone, I kept it back. And then when I was praying, the Lord spoke to me. Just now, this is what I expect from your life. See, whatever I have today, I will not spoil it. I will be so careful using it so that when I return it back, the people would say, hey, he only used it for God's glory. And this is exactly what the word says. Would you please read with me verse 17? And the world passeth away, and the lust therefore, but he that doth the will of God abideth forever. Why are you and me called in this world? What are we doing in this world? To do the will of God. But let me remind you, you cannot continue in sin and do the will of God. You cannot continue in sin. So going back to where we were meditating. Let our bitter experiences change when we start crucifying our flesh. Crucification does not start in a moment. You need to start running away from uncompromised situations. Start pursuing God. Have companionship. That will lead you to the path of crucifixion, which is the path to holiness. And as you walk in holiness, however bitter experiences we might pass through, when you see the way God sees, every bitter will become sweet. The sweetness does not come from the change of circumstances. The change comes because you see a companion walking with you in that narrow path. Today, I pray that you would walk with this companion. Jesus is with you. Walk with him. Walk with him. He will lead you to the right path. Let's go to the next verse. Now, you see there that after the water was made seed, there he made for them a statute and an audience, and there he proved them and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of this disease upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. Now, after this, now God is giving them an audience. God is telling them, if you will hearken unto me, and if you will obey my commandment, I will be Jehovah Rapha. The name of God is revealed here. See, whenever we learn the word of God, we see that the revelation of God's name does not come easily. Revelation comes with a purpose. When you look at the people of Israel, see, as you learn the journey of Israel, you see that whenever they started murmuring, God would come out. God will become angry. But the surprising matter here is, here he's not angry with anybody. He's giving them a key to walk rightly with God. And what was that? Hearken to me. Listen to me. Obey the commandment. See, in this way of life, God is speaking to us. 
hearken to the voice of God. Obey what he says and he will heal you. Today, as you hear me, I pray that God's name, Yehovah Rapha, will become a revelation in your life. Maybe you need a healing in your emotion. Maybe you need a healing because you're backsliding. I believe if there is a backsliding happening, God is here to heal you. If you have problems in your bodies, God is here to heal you. Because this name is powerful. The word of God says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and is safe. See, whenever we are in trouble, use the name of the Lord. And you will see the deliverance coming to you. But there is something very important. The names of God, you can study how much ever you want. But this will only become a reality in your life when you start walking with God. When you start listening to the voice of God. See, look at Abraham. See, God told Abraham, I want you to go and sacrifice your one and only son. Abraham went and there at that mountain, when he raised the knife to do the sacrifice, you would see the angel of God saying this word, now I know that you fear me. And there that day, Abraham got a revelation of God that he is Jehovah Jireh. The Lord is my provider. People of God, let me tell you one thing. In this journey, he will reveal his name to you. And as you come closer to his name, that, is, that will become your strength, your source of life. That is where you will know God more. My prayer is that you would listen to the voice of God. My prayer is that you would get closer to God to understand what God is speaking to you. Today, the word for each one of you is, would you please hearken to what God is speaking? Would you please listen to what God is speaking? There is a way that he is opening up for you, but only if you would hearken to that voice, would you see the hand of God moving in your life. Let's go to the last word. After leaving Mara, they came to Elim, where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees. They camped there beside the springs. Now, after, they, after, after the revelation, they were led to Elim. There they sowed 12 springs, which was enough for the people of Israel, and 70 palm trees. When you look at palm trees, Psalms 92, the last verse says like this. I want you to go there and then I'll stop from there. Psalms 92, 12, 13, and 14. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Look at that word. It says the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. And you shall grow like cedar in Lebanon. The palm tree, it says, it shows excellency. Cedar, it says, it shows strength. But if you want to see all that, you and I need to be planted in the house of the Lord. We will only start flourishing in the courts of the Lord. What is there in the house of the Lord? It is his presence. 
It is he who will flourish us. People of God, are you planted in the house of the Lord? Or are you walking in your own way? The word of God for us is that he will flourish us like the palm tree. We will grow like the cedar tree. I've heard about cedar tree. It says like this. If the cedar tree grows up one meter, it also grows downwards one meter. In other words, our spiritual life should be like that. When we grow in the world, we should exactly grow like that spiritually too. See, it is so important that we grow deeper with God and then grow in the world. But we all can testify for sure that our growth in the world is not exactly like how we grow in the spiritual. Why is that? Because the Lord says he's a good God. He always loadeth us with benefits. Why is he doing that? So that our attention will be on God. Let me stop with this one simple story. You know, it's not a story, it's just an analog, you know, just to make you understand. Uh, it is said that, you know, there was a construction, there was a construction happening in a building at a three, three story building. So there was a worker standing down and the engineer was standing on the top floor. So the engineer is trying to call the guy, you know, he tried, he tried calling him two, three times, but the guy is not looking up. So what he did is he took a hundred rupees note and put it down. So the guy looked at the hundred rupees and he took it. He, he looked left and right. He just put it in the pocket. So the guy is like, come on, you didn't look it up. Look up. Okay, I'm going to give you something big. 500. Now he put the 500. Again, this guy is like, wow, 500. Now he looked left and right. He put it in the pocket. So next he's like, what is happening with this guy? So he took a 2000 rupees note. So he put it down. Same thing happened. Now the engineer understood this is not going to work. So he took a small pebble of stone, put it down. You know what happened? He's like, who's there? And he's like, I am here. <laughs> Many times we have bitter experience. I believe God only knows to load us with benefits. But the more benefits we get, somewhere we miss God. And then he allows us to go through bitter places so that we would look to God and ask God, why me? And that is where he can start talking to us. I pray that as you hear this word, you know, that God would take you in your journey to the way of life. The desire that he has for each one of us is that we would be holy just as he is holy. Our life in this world should not be determined how successful we are. Instead, let us cry out to God for this one word, Lord, Help me to be faithful so that I live a holy life. I pray the Lord bless you with this message. Thank you.